I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to episode 149 of the CantoBite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, it's my delightful co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Just staying away from this California heat. It is going to be over 90 degrees today, so... Gross. Uh, I know... Just to go to the pool yesterday or go in my pool, I had to like put on pounds and pounds of sunscreen to not get sunburned. So that's my life. I mean, you have a pool to go into, so I wouldn't complain too much about that. Yeah, I guess. I don't go swimming much. So it's weird like being like, oh, yeah, I have a pool. Because all I'm doing is working or exercising, so. Uh, how are you? What's going on in the world of Emily? Um, I'm okay. I was at my brother's place outside of Boston for a couple of days because my parents drove out with my little brother and sister, and that was nice. Um, I mean, obviously, we didn't like, go anywhere because there's a pandemic, but... We hung out at his house. They bought they bought a house, I guess, like nine months ago and have done like an amazing job fixing it up. And they have like a big above ground pool and it was nice. I did get sunburnt and that fucking sucks. Oh. But other than that, we had a good time. It was nice to just like relax and hang out with family for a while. I hadn't seen him for a bit and, you know, played with the dog. Ate some really good food. So much food, but it was good times. That sounds wonderful. I love Boston. Yeah, they're actually, you know, they're about, you know, like 45 minutes away. But again, like pandemic, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> oh, pandemic. Well, I'm glad you're staying safe and indoors and outside of the sun most of the part, so that's good. Yeah, I ate entirely too much food, but, you know, that's not a bad thing necessarily once in a while. What'd you eat? Well, my brother and his wife both love to cook, so like... One day it was like this, like, like Greek style chicken and pita. And then we had, there's a place near them that does really good fried seafoods. So we got like a bunch of fried scallops and clams. And um, the first day we did, they made, my brother made lobster rolls that were delicious. We did tacos one night. My brother made this like African peanut stew that was really good. It was a lot of eating. So um, we have some Star Wars news to talk about. Uh, mostly, and not mostly, I think actually just book stuff. Um, we're going to have some Mandalorian tie-in books. 
which I'm I'm pretty excited about because they're not only doing the art of the Mandalorian, and they're doing um, Pablo's doing another visual guide, and they're doing some kid books. Of course they are because if you have Baby Yoda, you do some kid books. But they're doing an original adult novel that Adam Christopher is writing. Um, I've read a little bit of his stuff. Like he's good. I don't particularly, I didn't particularly like the book, but it was not badly written. It just wasn't my jam, but I'm excited about this. Cause it's not, it's not just like a novelization. I mean, they're doing like a, like middle grade novelization, but they're doing an original story uh, that's set to come out in December, which will be after season two. They haven't said at all like when it's set or anything. But I I mean there's plenty of stuff there to cover. Whether it'll be like a here's some of the Mando's history or whether it'll be here's the little baby Yoda's and him are going on a side adventure somewhere. I'd be okay with either of those. Yeah, I could really see it as just them explaining what's going on episodes one through eight of the Mandalorian, but also like backstory stuff to like what happens like before the episode or what they're doing in space. You know, there's all that time when Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian are in space. So maybe we'll find out what they did in space. Yeah, and we'll, I mean, depending on when this is set, we'll see how um, Baby Yoda's adorableness translates to a novel. Yeah, that's going to be tricky. I'm interested to see how that turns out. Yeah, but this is this is one that I'm actually like genuinely interested in. Um, I mean, it'll sort of depend more when we find out when it's actually set and everything. But I like the idea that I'm sort of surprised they're doing Art of the Mandalorian like season one. I, or like the Mandalorian visual guide now, I sort of thought those would have come after the series is over, but I guess that way you can milk it even more, do a couple more books out of it. Oh yeah, no, that this doesn't surprise me at all. Like I'm just maybe surprised in how long it took them to do this, but I mean, with everything going on with the pandemic, I completely understand I mean, Art of the Mandalorian, I understand a little bit more. The Mandalorian Ultimate Visual Guide, if there's going to be, I mean, depending on how many more seasons the show is, seems a little bit strange. Because it's the Ultimate Visual Guide. And should be a complete thing. Yeah, hopefully it's just like Volume 1 or something. Like, I don't know what Pablo is going to be putting in in that book for it to fill up one whole season. I mean, you know, I guess they do the, I mean, if they can make a book out of a two hour movie, they can do it out of like a, how many hours is the Mandalorian actually probably like four and a half hours, five hours altogether. Yeah. I'd say like five or six. Not five. Maybe. But, I don't know. I think I think it'll be good. I'm interested to see what new knowledge Pablo has for us because I always feel like he drops some unknown knowledge or just unknown things on us always in these visual guides. There's always some fun little tidbits in there. I I just he has a you know he's got a weird little sense of humor and that shows in those books quite often. So. Pablo's a funny guy. I like him. I'm glad that he allowed me to follow him on Twitter again. Oh, he allowed you to do that? Yeah. Oh, congrats. I was I was very happy when I saw that cuz I just I just, you know, he's interesting. But I also Aww. just like that they're I mean, this is, you know, shows that they're a commitment to this show. I mean, obviously, you know, we were new was getting another two seasons at least but I like that they're going to be flushing out some stuff a little bit more yeah any word on when season two is going to come out I mean it's I think they're still set for October aren't they 
Hopefully. I mean, they haven't moved from that. They said the show's, you know, they did, they shot everything at least. So the last I heard they were still on, they were still planning to be on schedule for that. That would be awesome. I feel like that's just what this year needs is more Baby Yoda. Definitely. Can't get enough Baby Yoda. Yeah. I mean, I hope that he stays Baby Yoda. Like, what if he starts, like, becoming, like, toddler Yoda? He's already a little bit toddler Yoda. Yeah, but can you imagine, like, toddler, like, screaming? Like, I don't even want to hear what he sounds like when he's screaming. Like, that's probably not cute. I mean, he seems pretty chill. Hopefully for now. And you know, gotta remember he ages super slowly. Like he's already 50. Well, if he ages slowly, then he's going to be like the toddler phase for like 15 years. Yeah, but we might never see that phase. You never know. Well, you do because you know they're not just going to have him be a screaming kid for three seasons. It's Star Wars. You never know. No, you do know that because that's not how they make TV shows. Again, it's Star Wars. You never know. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, this is supposed to be like the season of cameos, too. Like, we're ugh. supposed to have like Ahsoka Tano and Sabine. Yeah, no, and- remind me. Hopefully, we'll get some actual oh. like stuff about story soon because I need an actual trailer that convinces me that it's not just, hey, it's this person, you know, the series. Yeah, I'm going to copy and paste this character to this trailer, to this, you know, beautiful scenery. God, I hope that's not what it is. Like, I really hope I get, like, a good story, some good old original characters. You know, if Ahsoka decides to pop up, I hope it's just, like, for one episode so she can just be like, I'm Ahsoka Tano and then just leave. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm trying to have faith because that first season was really good, but... Just the way they've handled like that being their entire focus on the second season does not give me a lot of reassurance. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I want to be hopeful, but I don't want to... I'd rather be negative about it going in and being like happily surprised other than being like, I'm so excited for the Mandalorian and it not being good yeah, at all. Yeah, exactly. So. I'm trying to not think about it as much as possible because I even forgot that it's apparently coming out in October. So I'm doing a pretty damn good job. Uh, We also got some news on the Clone Wars anthology book that they first announced back at New York Comic Con. Um, And I then completely forgot about despite being at that panel until there was an update a couple of days ago that talked about that had um, the different authors and was like listing who's writing about what and apparently the way this is working is it's it's 11 stories but most of them are some form of retelling of episodes or arcs which I found to be a little bit disappointing I mean, it's not that disappointing for me because there's only so invested I I am in Clone Wars, but I don't know. It seemed like like a it just surprised me that it wasn't all like straight original stuff. Although some of them are going to be like, "Hey, we're tell- we're doing this arc, but looking it all through the point of view of this other character." Um, I'm trying to get it to pull up right now so I can talk about who's writing what. But my Google Chrome is being very slow. Here, I can name some, a few of the authors because I have the page up. Um, Lou Anders is uh, doing Dooku Captured and the Gungan General based on the episodes of the same name. Um, Tom Engelberger is doing... Bane's story based on the episodes Deception, Friends and Enemies, The Box, and Crisis on Naboo. That could be a fun one. Uh, Pretty Jibber? 
I think it might be Cheeber. I'm not sure. Cheeber is doing hostage crisis based on the episode of the same name. Yeah, but that's going to be like, it's going to be all from Anakin's point of view. So like what he was yeah. doing and all that. Um, Ian Convery is doing Bug based on the episode Massacre. And so that's going to have a bunch with uh, the Night Sisters. And specifically, like, Mother Talzin, which could be really fucking cool. That's something we don't know a ton about. Um, Zerata Cordova's yeah. one is the one I'm interested in. Um, hers is called The Lost Night Sister, based on Bounty. And it's going to be about Ventress and how she hooks up with, like, Boba Fett and his crew. And I, I think that's a fun episode, and I fucking love Ventress, so I'm happy about that. Yeah. That, se- that seems like it's going to be a good one. Like, I, I feel like I keep seeing this trend of, like, very early on seasons that they're doing with um, these authors. And I don't know, like, I, I would have been really interested to see them do a story based on like an episode like most recently or something that's still like fresh in our brains like you know but I mean I understand that you know a lot of big Clone Wars fans are like really excited that you know they're getting information from episodes like really really early on because you don't hear that anymore so good for them um Sarah Beth Durst an author I don't know is doing one called Almost a Jedi which is based on a necessary bond and that's going to be in Israel, she says, in my story, I wrote about Ahsoka Tano from the point of view of Katuni, one of the Jedi young, younglings, who she is on, the, like, leads on their quest to build their lightsabers. So that might be neat. To, I, I like when it's like, we're going to get this character, but through the eyes of this other character. Uh, yeah. Greg Von Eekhout is writing one called Kenobi Shadow, which is based on the lawless which I don't remember what that episode is. It's the one, I believe, where they get on Mandalore and Satine is, like, killed, oh, okay. like, right in that front of him. potentially be really interesting. Um, Jason Fry, who I like quite a bit because um, that last Jedi novelization was really good, is doing one called Sharing the Same Face based on Ambush. And he's writing about Yoda and the clones. Ooh, one of your favorite things. Well, I I mostly trust Jason Fry, so. Me too. That's why I'm interested to see that he's doing Ambush, because he's really good at writing. So I wonder how that's going to translate to writing about clones. Mm-hmm. And Yoda. So Yoon Ha Lee is writing The Shadow of Umbria, which is based, not shockingly, on the Umbria arc. And she's gonna and they're gonna retell it through Rex's viewpoint. And then Rebecca Roanhorse is writing Dark Vengeance based on Brothers. So you're gonna get some Maul like back when he's like first coming back and sort of completely insane. Uh, and Ursu is writing Pursuit of Peace based on the episode Heroes on Both Sides. And is going to be apparently writing about Padme. Awesome. Yeah, and that's Clone Wars Stories of Light or Dark, and it's actually coming out in August. So, you know, it's like a month and a half away. That's exciting. A lot of this uh, is really good. I'm glad that we're getting some Clone Wars material because I feel like we don't, even though we had that last season air on Disney Plus most recently, like I just, I feel like we don't get a lot of Clone Wars info or books or merchandise. Well, don't don't worry. You're going to get it all in season two of The Mandalorian. Apparently. Holy shit. That is amazing. <laughs> Uh, and I feel like we're getting like rebels characters too. Like I feel like that's like a 
name we haven't heard in a long time is Star Wars Rebels. But, okay, should we move on to um, stupid news? This is just like, I had sort of, I I missed what was happening because I wasn't really like on Twitter that much when I was gone. So it was very, because all I ever saw was people making jokes about this. And then I had to like backtrack it to find out what they were actually joking about. And that's this moron who put up this video about how Lucasfilm slash Disney are going to decanonize the sequel trilogy. And of course, because this is the internet, people just like took that as, oh, this guy must, this complete, you know, moron on the internet must know what they're talking about. And yeah. I hate fandom. I just hate it. It's so stupid. Well, I feel like what made it worse was that one of the big Disney blogs reposted it saying that it's rumored that Lucasfilm is decanonizing the sequel trilogy. And the fact that those fuckers did that just ignited. We got to stop. We got to stop this one person with no actual information whatsoever claiming something and then being like, it's rumored that. You know, I was just disappointed to see when I clicked on the link that it wasn't fucking Mike Zero saying this shit. And it was just like someone else. Like, come on, Walt Disney World News today. Like, I just, I don't get it. But it's funny just how much traction and how much attention they got from this post of everyone just being like, dude, this is not real news like you say it's a rumor and it's like you guys can't do that shit because you know how you ruthless star wars fans are and that's bullshit no i just like it's it's frustrating how much people get rewarded for just making shit up Yeah, it's dumb, but it's it's even more dumb, you know, just the crazy attention that, you know, people get from this and they see that. So, like, they make up more ridiculous bullshit, you know, like Mike Zero, like how he was putting Kurt Russell in his fucking uh, thumbnails and like how crazy people went over that. And then he just like kept on doing it and then added more and just. I don't know, like I. I can't imagine someone right now with everything going on, like really going out there and still trying to shit on the sequel trilogy and that it's not going to be canon anymore. Like, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Well, I don't even like what shitting on it, whatever. It's just like the, you thinking that your opinion has so much weight that if you hate it enough, then Disney's going to like make it go away. Think of a time that that has actually happened. Never. And think of a time that will actually happen. Also, never. Like, you know, like, like, and it's not, like, you can't at all compare it to them making Legends, like, making the EU Legends. It's a completely different thing. It's not like there was a bunch of movies that they, like, made Legends anymore. I mean, and Legends was just, like, a bunch of authors getting together and writing, like, stories about, like, the characters after the original trilogy, right? And it was, like, and, you know, there was a bunch of other, like, you know, like, new people like Mara Jade and people brought in, but it was so convoluted and, like, there's definitely some some contradictory stuff, but also you can't do, you can't have that be canon and fit movies around it because, you know, especially after, you know, a couple of decades of writing those books, nobody who just watches the movie is going to have any idea what they're talking about. Or you're just remaking stories that are already novels, and that's also stupid. So, of course, they wiped that out and be like, hey, this exists. It's just, you know, it's not canon. But they don't do that with the movies. They're not going to do that with the movies. Yeah... I don't know. I'm just, I'm really disappointed that uh, Walt Disney World News Today, like, really kind of 
added fuel to this fire. Like, I, I think that they're better than that. And, you know, your account is already getting enough clicks anyways. Like, why should you feel like you have to put this? Like, just because looking at that compared to, like, the other shit that they post about, like, they post mainly about Disney parks, a little bit of Universal, because Universal's back open. Like, they knew what they were doing. They knew how much attention this would get, even though they knew that this was bullshit. Like, come on, guys. You're better than that. Well, apparently not. Because if they were better than that, they wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Uh, you can't trust any of the Disney bloggers anymore. Because there's no Disney parks. Probably should have never trusted them before. I can't believe Florida's still reopening. I'm still, like, my mind is still boggled that, you know, Disneyland was like, nah, we're good. There's too much going on. And Florida's like, all right, let's do it. We're opening. It's insane. I feel so bad for their employees. I know. I I can't imagine. And a lot of those employees, too, are not only coming back, but they're probably coming back with, you know, jobs lower than their last jobs or getting paid less or, you know, having to work a lot, you know, thinking about social distancing, like if the Disney parks are really going to enforce that, especially with their employees, with their employees' transportation and everything, because Florida is a crazy place, especially for Disney employees, you know, like that park was mainly, or all of the parks there in Florida were you know, mainly habitated by the kids in the college program. And now that they're getting rid of that right now, like just it's, it's scary. And I, I hope for their safety. If you're listening to this and you work for the Disney parks, I'm here for you. I'm thinking of you. If you need anything, let us know. But scary times and just imagining the amount of crowds that are going to be there crazy shit but on a lighter note do you want to get to Steel's fuck Mary oh wait we don't have it damn it yeah, so this will be this is week two now that we're in. We'll see how long it goes for. Oh, Steel Saunders, what are you doing? Well, he's... I tell you what, he's not doing, and that's taking the five fucking minutes it would take to send us this fucking Marie kill you said you had. Ah, uh, Steel, it takes you less than five minutes to do little flippy flips on your skateboard. So it should take you less than five minutes to send an email. Yeah, we probably got another couple of weeks on that one. <sighs> Sigh. All right. You can fucking send one to King Tom on the goddamn sick list. Excuse me? Oh, that's right. You don't listen to the sick list, even though your boyfriend's on it. Um, yeah, he sent one to King Tom. I don't think I've listened since the chair incident. I don't know why. <laughs> the chair incident of 2019. But, yeah. Uh, also, I, I, I hear that they owe us 100 bucks. Yeah, because they st- stole our bit. I didn't make up the 100 bucks number. Arach said he was going to send us 100 bucks, and he didn't. And I'm really disappointed. So we don't have a okay. fucking right kill, and we don't have a hundred dollars. Just all the things we don't have right now. Just it's it's getting to the point where it's getting just really sad. Yeah. Like, what has Star Wars podcasting turned into? I mean, was our fuck mirror kill like actually good? No, it was fine. It was, That's um, fine. That's good. He's... I'm trying to remember the third one. Cause it was Toro, Kyle Can, 
and then it was the actor who plays Taro Kalkan, and then it was, oh, it was uh, uh, Scott Mendelson, the guy who writes the Stars articles for Forbes that King Tom hates. Oh. That's a tricky one because two of them are the same person and one of them is a person. That's bad Mendo, right? As King Tom has dubbed him, yes. I actually, I mostly like bad Mendo. I, I often agree with him on films. Why is he bad Mendo to King Tom then? Because, he, well, he, you know, he's been, he wrote a lot of articles about uh, the Rise of Skywalker that were not complimentary. And, and, and this is probably not the writer, the author's fault, but they tend to get very clickbaity headlines when I personally, I think the articles are, even when I disagree with them, rather, rather well rationed and like fairly just like reasonable, but they always have super clickbaity headlines. Clickbait. Clickbait is dumb. Like, you know, I I get it. I get why it exists, but I mean, just tell me what the story's about, and I'll read it. You know, I don't need some like clickbaity title, and then because I don't know how I would feel if I was a writer, and someone would be disappointed every time they fucking read my stuff because I have a clickbait title, and then like I reveal what my clickbait title is about in my writing, and it's like lackluster. I mean, most, most, you know, like most journalists aren't writing their own headlines, so it happens quite often. But, I mean, there, there's a reason they do it, which is it is effective. So. Hmm. Damn. Uh, we do have a top three that Ian sent us, and that says, Hey, Cantabite Dispatch, wanted to know what each of your top three gross Star Wars creatures are. And gross can just be a personal definition, not like one size fit at all. I think mine would be Huts, Dianoga, and probably Rathars. Let me know what you think. May the Force be with you. Huh. What's a gross Star Wars creature? The rancor is kind of gross. It's like all slobbery and shit. Yeah. What's the um? What's the fucking thing called from Rogue One? The one that like they hook Bodhi up to. Boogly. That's pretty fucking gross. Yeah. Rathars are pretty gross. The Dianoga. Dianoga is pretty gross. Just it's like it's the one it has like one eye, right? Like Mike Wazowski. (laughs) Yeah, not quite as cute. I love Mike Wazowski. Have you seen those like pictures or like those memes of like what like Mike Wazowski would look like with two eyes? No, that sounds creepy. (laughs) It really is. I wouldn't recommend looking at it because, like, you just can't get the image out of your head. But I'm trying to think of, yeah, the boogly is, like, creepy. Trying to think what else is gross. The Rathtars are pretty gross. Gross Star Wars creatures. Oh, like that. Remember that? Oh, you wouldn't know. But <laughs> so something from the prequels. Yeah, so in Attack of the Clones when they're on Geonosis and then that big like cat thing that like scratches the shit out of Padme's back. Yeah. I think that counts. Oh, and uh, Claire's little buddy, um, Salacious Crumb. Salacious Crumb. He's ugly. He is. I don't know. Like, I think he's more ugly than gross. But Rancors are pretty gross. 
They're very slimy. I don't like slimy. Me neither. I don't like slobber. Like, slobber, slime. Like, when my old dog used to, like, get really excited to eat, like, he would just, like, slobber all over the place. And we would, like, have to tell him to, like, gently to just calm down. We're like, okay, we'll, we'll get food in a second. But... And then our cat does that sometimes when he, like, is really comfortable. He just starts drooling. And then, like, he sneezes so, like, it gets all over. Just animals, man. Oh, and I don't like, um, oh, I don't know. I don't know if it counts as a creature. But uh, just in terms of gross Star Wars, Grievous and his coughing. Can't stand it. You know, it reminds me of in Deadwood, that guy that just, like, coughs all the time. I can't think of his name. Remember at um, Wild Bill's funeral, or it was at someone's funeral, and he's just, like, coughing up a storm. Oh, oh, um, the, the newspaper writer. Merrick. Yeah. He coughs a lot. But thank you, Ian. But, I, yeah, thanks, Ian. I love all of these top threes you've been giving us. I feel like we haven't done, like, top threes in, like, a very long time. And I like that we get to sit here and think about things. I love it. All right. Um, let me pull up my Deadwood info because I watched episode I believe eight or nine of Deadwood we check what episode it was yes. no it was episode nine no other sons and daughters yeah and you get some backstory here on Bullock that's pretty interesting yeah so Bullock has a wife and kid at home. Yes. Specifically, he has his dead brother's wife and son. Like, okay, so that's... Okay, so when... Like, I'm, I'm going to skip to the very end of the episode here. Because I... This is, like, the thing that I've been wanting to ask you, like, all... All the two days since I've watched this. So... They're all flirty with each other. Like, I'm literally sitting there at the end of my work shift, just waiting for them to kiss or something. And then, like, she's he's telling her about how his wife and his son are his dead brother's wife and son. So, like, is that him just telling her that, like, I married them? Or, like, what does that mean? Yeah, basically is... His brother died and, like, in order to take care of them, he married his brother's widow and is now, like, also taking responsibility for his nephew. I mean, that's nice, but, like, are there, like, romantic feelings, like, for his brother's wife? Um, not especially. It would not seem. Um... You could, uh, I would put a pin in that question for now, but it was definitely, you know, something he did out of a sense of responsibility. Yeah, but why did he mention that to Alma? Because he likes her and wants to bone her, but needs to. Then why doesn't he just bone well, her? Because he he's an honest guy. Well, yeah, I mean, you could be, you could multitask here. No, I don't think you can. I think you've got to be upfront about that. If you're like a good upstanding dude like Seth is. I mean, technically. Yeah, but sh she doesn't give a shit. <laughs> that's all. No, I would say that's also information she needs to have. They're so fucking flirty. Like, you could just see the sex in their eyes. But you know what two characters met for the first time? Oh, uh, uh, this is when 
Charlie and and Joni meet. And it's just so precious because just Charlie Utter is just like the nicest guy you'll ever meet. And like Joni's nice too, but just them just talking to each other. Like it's just some like pure ass content right there. It's just them having a nice little conversation. You know, of course, you know, she mentioned she's a whore. Then she's like thinking of like starting up her own business and good for her. But it was just such a wonderful Wonderful yeah. conversation. And yeah, just, there's a lot of it was just happy. Them both realizing how like awkward the other person is feeling. And it's quite sweet. Because Charlie's starting to open up uh his his freight company. And so it, like is feeling weird about that because he's not used to like being, you know, the he's used to being Wild Bill's like guy and not like running his own thing and yeah and then so this is the episode too where like deadwood is trying to be like a town so like they're gonna nominate like a mayor and different people because eb is supposed to be the mayor right yeah so the idea is they want to i mean they want to get annexed into the united states because right now they are on you know, like they're 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 not part of the u.s right now they're on um native land um and there is a uh, magistrate Clagger from Yankton who uh, who comes to talk to to Al about it because, like you know, <laughs> Al's the guy you talk to, and Deadwood, but also to uh, make their his demands and like you know like push him a little bit in terms of. Uh, money that they want in payoffs and blackmail and other assorted things. But hmm. the idea is um, that they're going to, you know, they're going to have like a, a, a sheriff and a fire marshal and other various positions. And because nobody else wants to be mayor, it ends up being E.B. Farnham, which is hilarious and horrifying. Hello, fucking snake. <sighs> so I'm trying to think of other things that happen in this episode. Jane is still not doing well and she's leaving Deadwood. Yeah, she she can't because she has this line. She doesn't want to be drunk where Bill is buried, but she can't be sober. Yeah, that's really sad. And our friend, the Reverend, isn't doing well. No, he's continuing to have um, seizures and is getting worse. And he keeps saying that he smells like death and just how sad it is that he's like apologizing to everyone for like the smell. And they're just like that you're fine. And just like how he doesn't feel like connected to God anymore. Like that's just heartbreaking, like for like a Reverend to say that to you know, not feel close to the thing that they're trying to pre- preach, you know? Yeah, it's really, it's really heartbreaking. Um, and I, the the scene when, the, when they're at the meeting um, to sort of form the government and he has a seizure, I, I like the bit of backstory that, that Al had a, had a brother who also had this and he's yeah. like super sympathetic towards him and, and knows what to do. And I always like these bits of humanity that we see from him. Yeah, like in the beginning of the episode when he asks Trixie how her arm is and he's just like, don't do not do that again. And it's like, oh, you see feelings. Like he doesn't want to see her, you know, do that to herself. And I don't know, like... I want to like Owl, but like Owl is like scary too, but not as scary as uh, fucking Sai. Yeah, and 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 Sai is Sai is fucking terrifying. We see more of his like 
possessiveness over over Joni and the like how horrible he is to to Eddie because Eddie's still really fucked up from last episode where they killed Flora and her brother. He doesn't give two shits. Like that's like the sad part. No, like to Sai, it's just to like you know, just another fucking day doing business. And so he can't even like he you know, when Eddie's all fucked up about it to Sai, that's like just like Eddie's weakness. What an asshole. Oh, and we also get Alma meeting Ellsworth. Because Ellsworth is going to help, like, figure out what's going on on her gold claim. Yeah, Ellsworth is so cute. I love him. So Ellsworth was there when her husband was killed, right? Yes. So he knows. He was all yeah. He was all worried. Well, he doesn't know in terms of the claim. Like he he was like that. He had the you know that conversation with Dan about how if Al orders you to kill me, please warn me and I'll get the fuck out of town. Uh, that's pretty good. But I mean, I don't really think anything else much happened in this episode. Like, do you know? what I have to look forward to for next um, week. I'm trying to think. I'm, let me see if it happened in this one you just watched or if it happened the episode before. And that is... Um, let me see. This like I know this episode had Magistrate Claggett... Um, blackmailing out but did Claggett's bagman show up yet the guy who's collecting the money I don't remember okay because I think that's next week then and that is Silas Adams who is one of my favorite characters on the show ooh played by Titus Welver and he is fucking hot ooh that's exciting. Yeah, and there's uh, there's plenty of interesting stuff happening there, and there'll be you know there's you know we g- oh next next episode you see a lot more of uh, Mr. Wu. Oh, that's right because. Um... I feel like when Joni was walking um, over to Charlie, she had some interaction with him a little bit. And there's some, like, you know, they're always feeding people to Mr. Wu's pigs. But mm-hmm. we finally, we get we get some more stuff with him. And, and that's, there's a, there's a great scene in that uh, between Wu and Al, which is just, it's like fantastic and hilarious. And I love it. Yeah. Oh, we have a, we have a scene with Trixie and Saul Star. Yeah. Saul Star. And Al's looking over like, "Oh no." He's a little yeah. jealous. And he... Saul is just so nice though and like you know, he wants to take Trixie out and then like she wants him to go to the store and buy some things and then like her saying like what she would buy and him just excitingly telling her that they don't ask why you're buying the shit. Like they are very cute together. I love them, but it's like I love Al too, even though he's awful and just you don't know what you want. You just want everything. That's Deadwood. Yeah, I'm so I'm so glad that you're still liking it, and it's sort of fun. I'll have to I'll have to rewatch the episode this time, so I'm a little bit more because those those I don't know. Like I've seen those first like eight episodes so many times, and I've seen I've seen the others several times as well, but they tend to get mixed up in my head more. Yeah, I can so see why. I'll need to to do that. Uh, we're almost at episode one fifty. 
Wow. Isn't that crazy? It feels like we just recorded episode 100. I know. Like, I almost feel like like time has froze like these past like couple months. So it's like weird that, you know, we've been increasing our podcast episodes and that we're almost at 150. Then we'll almost be at 200. Like, I mean, God, like, I think we're about to reach our three year anniversary. Yeah. In August. That's crazy. Right? I It seems both much longer and much shorter than that. I know. This is my longest relationship. <laughs> Usually people get bored of me or they say I'm in- incapable of maintaining a relationship. So, like, this is going really well. Yeah, suck it. You managed to maintain a podcast, so you proved them wrong. Fuck yeah, exactly. Fuck you, everyone who thought I couldn't do it. I mean, it's exactly the same as a relationship. Exactly the same in every way. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like each week, you know, you got to you got to prepare. You got to, you know, give effort. There's effort. There's you got to be honest with each other. In honesty, the communication, because it wouldn't be a podcast if we were just sitting here silent with each other. And I feel like those are the things that you need in a relationship is honesty, communication, reliability, teamwork. Yeah, there you go. Fr- friendship. Aw. Friendship. Friendship. But yeah, we're, we're doing good. Good almost three years. That's crazy. I still can't believe it. Yeah. It seems like a long time. Mm. It does. And, you know, how much Star Wars that we've received since 2017? Yeah, like a lot, right? Yeah, like we got The Last Jedi. We got Solo, unfortunately. We got Rise of Skywalker. We got the Mandalorian. We got the rest of the Clone Wars. You actually got the whole Clone Wars. Oh my Wars. god, that's right. I watched all of the Clone Wars. We finished Star Wars Rebels or got I did. Star Wars Resistance. Ugh, that was so hard that's to get That's a show through. that existed entirely in the amount of time that we did this podcast. Star Wars Resistance? Yeah. Wow. Because we were all doing I mean, it was only on the two seasons. We had, we had already started the podcast when it started. That's crazy. Yeah, that seems strange. I don't know why it seems strange. It just does. Just everything is strange, a Star Wars story. Huh, well, anything else we have to add to 149? There wasn't really much news, just a lot of books. A lot of books, a lot of disappointment (laughs) only a little bit disappointment but mostly books yeah um I don't know I feel like there's not gonna be a ton of you know news happening but that's fine we have other stuff to talk about you're still watching Deadwood maybe maybe Steel will eventually send us this fuck Mary Kill Yeah, it just it it seems so boring that we don't have any feuds. Like, I'm itching for a feud. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, you know, Geek Dudes will be back up in a couple weeks. But uh, I mean, we could have a feud with Steel. That's like the inevitable feud. Yeah. I mean, we could pick a fight with the bad motivators, I guess. You know, it's I don't know if I'm capable of doing that because like Luke Cruiser is just such like a nice gentleman. And then you have Dallas, who is just like just so sweet and so kind. Like. okay, we'll fight with Eric then. (sighs) Suck it, Eric. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I can't call Eric a monster, though. That doesn't seem right. Anyway, that's reserved yeah. For we can't fresh. pick on any of the the Sithless guys because, like, eh, Raj. 
No, but his his beautiful son is about to turn one. Yeah, it sounds cute, but that doesn't mean we can't fight with Hiraj. I can't. That's family. You can't, you don't fight. You can you can definitely fight with family. What the shit are you from talking From what about? I've learned from Fast and Furious is that you shouldn't fight with family. And that family is everything. You can you can fight with Araj. No, Raj. I can't cuz I can't find anything to fight with Araj about other than his undying love for Ahsoka Tano. Adios is a hundred dollars. I'm trying to like justify that like a hundred dollars, like so that like he doesn't owe us it anymore. But like, okay, I'll say okay to that. What about Les? What's Les doing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like I know enough about Les to start a fight with Les or King Tom. What about King Tom? We can't. No, we that that just sounds dirty. You don't start a fight with King Tom. I mean, I said I liked Bad Mendo, so that might that might be a problem. But it's King Tom, and he's a nice dude, so I don't think so. Basically, our only option is for geek dudes to come back quickly. As That's possible. the only and best option out of them all because I don't know what my life has turned into because I don't have the geek dudes to listen to and to study you know like I don't well yeah <laughs> like, I don't really listen to podcasts anymore and like you know when you would text me about the bad mo- not the bad motivators when you would text me about geek dudes you know I would have to listen I would have to take like mental notes because you know I'd have to prepare for the next episode of our podcast so that we could discuss what is happening in the geek dudes corner yeah, but hopefully, hopefully, you know, some maybe sometime this month, maybe soon. Um, you know, obviously their priority there is on Chris doing better. But I love Chris Fresh. Yes, my favorite monster, the best monster, better than Mike Wazowski. Oh, way better. Ah, <sighs> uh, but. Uh, until next time until next next battle next affair yeah I'm sure we'll, we'll find something and and if Steel doesn't send it to fuck Mary Kill we'll find something real right quick cause uh cause fuck him basically oh Steel Saunders So, Brittany, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. What about you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. The show is at CantoBitePod. You can send us emails like Ian did. Like, you can send us a question. You can send us a top three. You can send us a fuck, Mary kill. Although, apparently, Steel Saunders can't do that. Uh, but that's CantoBitePod at gmail.com. Wonderful. Yeah, other than that, you know, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Uh, you know, like give us a follow on on SoundCloud or whatever. But um, unless you have anything else. Oh, I think we covered it. All right, then. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Ghetto bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, cause this is it. Fuck all the rest, be a Ghetto bitch. Brittany the Ginge and Emily Lind. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, Ghetto bitch number one. All my girls at
dogs and folks, they want a bang and a refresher. The Sarge Ventures and Kylo Ren, yo, Will Huff Tarkin, and of course Mendoza. Send a shout to the Porgs and the Rustin Brown, and Emily's dad straight putting it down. Every week my girls be getting it done. I should know I've been down since day one.